0: It is really an honor and a privilege to be standing here with you today. Though circumstances have kept us physically distant, my heart reaches out to your heart and we are connected on a deeper, more sacred level as we acknowledge our challenges and work through them together. This year has been unstable for us in so many ways, but our tradition has ways to help us recenter and return to the holy place we aspire to. The symbols and imagery of the high holy days help us ascend to a higher spiritual plane than we normally tread during the year. The shofar stirs our soul, the honey brightens our senses, and the special melodies of our prayers elevate us to the threshold of an audience with Avinu Malkenu, our most personal and powerful God. On Rosh Hashanah, the gates open. That image of the open gate represents access to the divine, to God's sacred dwelling amongst us and within us. The open gate presents opportunities for something greater, something better than in years past. There is certainly work to be done to get there, but the gate is open. We stand at the open gates of the new year full of hope and optimism. We enter the new year with visions of what tomorrow can look like, with dreams of what the world can be. But what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? Or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? This summer, Langston Hughes' question was answered with a bang. This summer has been a tipping point for many. A time to say enough is enough. A time to shine new light on the many places where darkness persists in our nation. The awakened reckoning across this country could be traced back to the brutal murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmoud Arbery, but that is far from the end of the list. There is a house on my drive home from Temple Israel. It's on Paul Gore Street in Jamaica Plain, and maybe you've driven by as well. Out front, there's a chalkboard framed with the words, Remember Their Names. And every day, every day that I drive by, there is a new name listed a murdered black man or woman. I'm not sure when this vigil started, but I am deeply disturbed by the knowledge that there is no shortage of names to add. Stefan Clark, Aura Rosser, Philando Castile, Atatiana Jefferson, Freddie Gray, Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, and countless other names of somebody's daughter or son or mother or father. The biblical Job pleads with his companions to witness his pain and suffering. Face me and be appalled, he says. Clap your hand over your mouth. Listen carefully to what I say. Let this be your comfort. Like many, I have tried my best to bear witness by using my ears and eyes more than my mouth. When George Floyd, gasping for air, calls out for his dead mother... He is crying out Avinu, to his loving parent and caregiver, the source of support that should be there to make everything all right. Floyd's cry to Malkenu, mercy from the sovereign, the upholder of the law, is horrifically denied. And his plea for Derek Chauvin to get off of his neck is ignored. Face this reality and be appalled. Let your outrage lead to action. Listen carefully and let this be your comfort. Listen and read and understand that this moment in history is not a flashbulb that materialized out of nowhere. These acts of violence we see today are modern-day lynchings. This tree, which bears strange fruit, has deep, deep roots. Rapper Yasin Bey rhymed, when did one straw break the camel's back? What's the secret? The million under, other straws underneath it. Let us return to our gates. When I imagine those gates opening or closing, I have always imagined myself alone on a blank page. No environmental factors to consider. The ability and decision to cross over or stay behind entirely mine. But that's not accurate, is it? That does not reflect the world we live in. And after all, a gate has been put up for the sole purpose of letting people in or keeping people out. And to that end, someone has the job of deciding who gets in and who stays out, when and why and how. The gatekeeper. The gatekeeper is a power player, determining the fate of those who wish to enter and to access the treasures on the other side. The gatekeeper uses power to control the threshold, That power takes many forms—physical and militarized power, wealth, political, and systemic power. Our national history has been poisoned by the corruption and ill-will of some power-hungry gatekeepers. Redlining, standardized testing, voter suppression, mass incarceration— all crippling the stability, advancement, representation of oppressed groups a complex spiderweb of control and restraint. In each of our lives, we have all been at the mercy of a gatekeeper. In some ratio, we have felt the joy of admission and the sting of rejection, the sweetness of inclusion and the bitter taste of exclusion. To be at the mercy of a gatekeeper is to be humbled, to be vulnerable, and oftentimes forced to take desperate measures but we have also been gatekeepers. Each one of us has been the decision-maker, the guard at the door deciding who is in and who is out. And we need look no further than our own congregation. For all 5780 was and was not, it was surely a year where Temple Israel committed to diversity, equity, inclusion, and anti-racism. And the work is far from done. As Rabbi Zecher shared last Yom Kippur, this isn't a program or an initiative. There is no due date or checklist to finalize. Our goal is a culture shift. We continue to strive and reevaluate, constantly searching for new areas of improvement and new opportunities to heal. We have read together. We have studied together. We have learned with educator and thought leader, Yavila McCoy, about how to recognize our own biases and how they impact those around us. We have heard stories from congregants of color who have been wounded by (coughs) microaggressions. Stories of painful comments made in this very building, which doubt someone's belonging in this community or question their status as a Jew. Sometimes these are veiled as perceived pleasantries but they are sharp as a razor's edge. Let us not deny or avoid these transgressions, let us learn from them. We all carry the responsibility to repair wounds within our community and we continue to work to combat racism, bigotry and hatred within our synagogue walls and beyond. We are witness to the corrupt power of gatekeepers. We know the inequalities which they can breed but we envision and we work towards a world where we all can open doors instead of slamming them shut. Perhaps with an opportunity to offer, or the support of someone's enterprise, or simply with words of kindness and the attitude that our house is a house of prayer for all peoples. We wrestle with this topic. We wrestle like our patriarch Jacob The night before confronting his wrong and embittered brother, Jacob wrestles. But with who or what does he wrestle? In this middle of the night, in this liminal space, the ambiguous language of Genesis allows us to interpret. Did Jacob wrestle with another man? Did he wrestle with an angel of God? Or did he wrestle with himself? Today we wrestle with all three We wrestle with our interactions with others. We wrestle theologically in the face of suffering. And most importantly, we wrestle with ourselves. And that last element is the hardest challenge. Taking the honest look at our thoughts and taking responsibility for our actions and inactions, which have led to pain. Though the challenge is great, there are ways forward. Every year. Members of Temple Israel's community work to create 10 Days, 10 Ways, a journey through the days of awe through the lens of anti-racism. This year we ask the question, who will you be in 5781? This year's 10 Days features powerfully honest and thought-provoking personal stories from within our community which highlight both pains and missteps and commitments to change tomorrow. Join us As we strive together towards an anti-racist future, find us on our website or on Facebook, and please join us tonight as members of our 10 Days team leads Havdalah as we use the theme of separation to put down outmoded thinking and to pick up new perspectives and a spark for action. As dawn breaks and darkness lifts, Jacob's wrestling match comes to an end. In acknowledgement of his struggle, Jacob's name is changed to Yisra'el. We learn in Talmud that a name change, along with Unatana Tokef's well-known trio of teshuva, tefillah, and tzedakah, is used to lessen the harsh decree of this season. The name change marked a declaration by a person that I am committed to a new identity moving forward this is the time to consider how we can refer to ourselves and ask, what do you want to be called in 5781? Let us stop referring to ourselves by what we are not and reframe to the positive of what we are. Remember, it is our actions which define us. So leave behind not a racist and enter this year as anti-racist. Leave behind innocent bystander and enter this year as an activist leave behind not the problem and enter this year as part of the solution this year has been so very hard for all the reasons we all know and for the reasons which impact us on individual levels but within the darkness there are glimmers of hope when dr king stood on the steps of the lincoln memorial Twelve years after Langston Hughes penned Harlem, he looked out on a landscape that was still full of dreams deferred. But he offered the world a new dream, a dream of promise, a dream of action, and a dream of hope and faith. With this faith, he prophesied, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. We still witness dreams deferred, We must wrestle with that reality daily. We acknowledge our roles in the narrative, whatever they may be, and we press forward together. In Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the world has lost a true tzaddik, a champion of equality, a woman of valor who never, ever backed down from a fight. We must fill this hole in our hearts. And this hole in our democracy, with a revitalized commitment to justice, we will not back down. We will rise up. To end, we return to our clarion call of Rosh Hashanah, the shofar. We hear the shofar blast and we are moved to shake off our slumber. This shofar call, zikhronot, deals with remembering. We remember names. We remember stories. We remember who we have been, and we hold these memories in our hearts to remind us of our sacred purpose. The wail of the shofar stirs within us discomfort and angst. May it inspire us to action. The call of the shofar offers opportunity and hope. Let us not lose faith in our ability to change the world. In 5781, we will open some gates And we will tear others down. We will tell a new story, and we will dream a new dream.